Listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. So glad you guys could be here with us today. If you're joining us online or you're joining us here, you guys are family. And I am so honored to be able to be up here today to share with you what God has shared with me this past week. Uh, my name is Adam McKellery. I serve on staff here as the associate pastor. And I woke up this morning kind of expecting to have a little bit of superpowers happening to me. I I got my second COVID shot yesterday. And after I was up most of the night with fever and chill, I thought, for sure, I have superpowers this morning. You guys can confirm that for me. Let me. Let me just test it. Can you still see me? All right, maybe that's not my superpower. Maybe I have to wait a little bit longer. I know there's some of you guys in here who are like, holy cow, I cannot believe that you actually got that thing. Have you read the stuff? Have you heard what people are saying about that thing? It is so dangerous. It is not safe. What are you doing? Why are you, t- why are you putting that in your body? And at the same time, there are some of us in here who are like, hey, way to go. Way to do your part in trying to make our world safe. Because this is, there is no danger to this thing. It's totally safe. They've tested it. It's all good to go. And for me, I wasn't sure where I was going to land on that. I was kind of on the fence. And then one day, the VA called me. And they're like, hey, you want to come down to the clinic and get your vaccine? I said, sure, why not? I mean, you guys have never led me astray before. <laughs> you know? I mean, I hardly, I, I'm pretty sure I have zero side effects from the anthrax vaccine I got several years ago. I'm pretty sure I have zero side effects from the anthrax vaccine I got several years ago. <laughs> right? I make light of this current situation, but I know that it is, it is heated. I know that there is a spectrum of, of where people land on this. But it all that spectrum, depending on where you land is really dependent on who you're listening to, right? Who, the voices that you're letting into your head. Now, it is super divisive right now. We all know that. We're going to see, as we dive into 1 Corinthians today, an example of something very similar to this silly story that I shared with you guys. We're going to see God's people being divided over something small. So let's talk about 1 Corinthians. Now, I want you guys to keep in mind from last week, if you remember when Josh uh, gave us this overview of who Paul was and what the city of Corinth uh, looked like during the time of Paul's ministry there, that we have real people. We got Roman citizens who were military vets. We have freed Roman slaves. There are Greek citizens that are all in this one area. They are real people. And it is a real place. Josh shared quite a few pictures of us with us of the actual city, the ruins that are still there to this day of, of some of the temples and some of the buildings, the marketplace that was there. It is a real place. He compared it last week to, 
I think it was Las Vegas and San Francisco and Amsterdam, all mixed into each to one. Like this is a place of debauchery and decadence that probably would make Vegas blush. This is a city. This is a time that is real. So the time that this letter is written is about a handful, it's like three to five years after Paul was there. And remember, Paul stayed a year and a half with the, tr- the people in Corinth. And when he's writing this, he's in the city of Ephesus. I want to show you guys this map up here on the screen. You'll see right in the middle there is the Aegean Sea. And to the left, or the west, is Greece. And I have the city of Corinth marked. And to the, the east is modern-day Turkey. And there's Ephesus. And they're like directly across from one another. I can just picture Paul sitting in Ephesus, looking over the sea towards Corinth and just seeing all the faces that he had been doing ministry with for a year and a half not too long ago. Remembering all of the dinners that he had with people talking about the love of Jesus Christ, remembering as the light lit up in people's eyes when they saw the glory of God and their lives were changed. There are hints within within this letter that this is not the first bit of communication between Paul and this church. Now, Josh referred to it a little bit last week. But within the text itself, in chapter 5, Paul says, you know, I wrote to you about this thing before. And then later on in chapter 7, he says, now concerning the things you wrote to me. So there is a dialogue that's happening between Paul and this church, and it's been ongoing. Letters exchanging from back, uh, back and forth. And we also know that Paul gets reports from other people that see what's going on in the church as we're going we're gonna to come across in the text in a little bit. But that makes complete sense to me. Because why on earth would Paul invest a year and a half in his life into these people and helping them to become followers of Jesus Christ if he was just going to let them go on their own, that he was never going to be communicating with them He was just going to let them go and try to figure this thing out on their own. And I bring all that up because I want you to to keep that in the back of your mind that we are jumping into the middle of a conversation. Like we are are just seeing one side of what's going on right here. So just keep that in mind as we start to read through this letter that Paul writes to the Corinthians. So if you have your Bibles, if you will open to 1 Corinthians with me, if you don't, that's cool. You can use your, your smart devices or we'll have it up here on the screen for you as well. Let's start reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. A Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God in our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, And called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. 
Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is a typical way to start a letter in the ancient times. You, you would see, you see that Paul do this in all of his letters where he starts out naming himself, the author. It's me, Paul, I'm writing to you. And sometimes he includes other people in there to let them know who's with him. And then it'll say, this is who it's to. Sometimes he'll throw a prayer in there. Something I th- find very fascinating about this very first opening with, for Paul is who he includes in this, in this to, sh- to tell the Corinthians who's with him. Do you guys recognize that name, Sosthenes? Do you remember last week when Josh was, was reading through Acts chapter 18? And it's telling the story of Paul's ministry in the city of Corinth. And there comes this time where the Jews unite against Paul and they, they drag him before the Roman proconsul Gallio. And they're like, hey, you got to tell this guy to stop doing this stuff. He's, he's causing a bunch of problems. And he was, the Gallio was like, man, this is not my thing. This, this is your guys' problem. You take care of this. And after he says that, like the crowd gets riled up and they grab this synagogue leader and administer a beatdown. The guy that got the beatdown, Sosthenes. I know there's discussion within the smart people out there in the world that this is or is not the same guy. I think it is. I think it is the same guy. And I think it is such an amazing way for Paul to communicate uh, encouragement to these people from the very beginning of, this story, of his letter. Like, hey, do you guys remember when I was there? Remember when the Romans tried, the, the Jews tried to stop us spreading the gospel, the good news? Do you remember that guy, Sosthenes? Remember how he decided to, to follow Jesus? He's still here. He's still here standing firm in the faith that he started so long ago. He is still a part of what God is doing. Take courage in that. So then he goes on. Verse 4. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is such an amazing way to, keep, to get this letter going to these people, to keep this sense and this tone of thankfulness and, and love and, and grace that it, he's spreading to these guys. I don't know about you guys, but I find it kind of difficult sometimes 
to hear hard things from people if I don't know that they care about me. If I don't know that they see me the way God sees me, that they love me the way God loves me. And I think that's what Paul is doing in the very beginning of this letter, is he is, he is setting the stage, he is calling them back as well to the things that they had initially heard, to the gospel that had initially been presented to them when Paul was there. Do you remember what it was that I told you about? Do you remember that you are lacking nothing in Jesus Christ, that God blessed you in every way? Do you remember that he is faithful He is faithful to see you. He is faithful to hear you. And he is faithful because he calls you into a relationship with him, into fellowship with him. Right there at verse 9, the word for fellowship is koinonia, Greek word. It means fellowship, a community, a family, a business partnership. But really what it comes down to is that it is something which bound you together in a trusting relationship. And that's what Paul is reminding the Corinthians. Like remember that God bound you to himself through his son Jesus Christ to a trusting relationship. And you know all these things that Paul is pointing the Corinthians back to that, that they were lacking nothing, that the testimony, the things that God was doing in their lives through Jesus Christ was, was confirmation of the testimony that they had. That's the same for us. It's the same for us. God is not holding back anything from you. He's not holding back anything from me. He has given us everything we need to be able to stand firm till the very end. And he has called us into that fellowship, that trusting relationship with him through Jesus Christ. That is for you, that is for me, that's for all of us. And God is faithful. He's faithful for you. He's been faithful from the beginning, and he'll be faithful through to the end. That is who our God is. And so Paul keeps on going. He set the stage, I think, here, reminding them of the message that they had heard, reminding them that that God had given them everything that they needed, that the gospel that they had been given from the very beginning was the foundation to be building on. And now it gets interesting. Verse 10. Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you, perfect, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters... Some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. Can you guys imagine 
sitting there on the day that this thing is being read to the church. And you're just kind of like, oh, man, Paul missed that guy. He's so cool. Oh, Sosthenes, wow, he's still doing this thing with him. That is amazing. Yeah, Jesus is so great. The things that he has given us, we don't lack anything. Wait, why is he talking about getting along with one another? What the heck is going on? And then, then it reads, some from Chloe's household are tattling on you. And you just kind of like, everybody looks over at Chloe in the corner. Like, what the, what's going on? If you have a sibling, you have probably know what that feels like. You know, your parents come to you. It's come to our attention that you uh, punched your little brother in the throat. And you're like, oh, man. Looking at your little brother behind, hiding behind your parents. Like, dude, we had a deal. I said I was sorry. Promised you three G.I. Joes, a transformer, the top bunk for two weeks. Come on. <laughs> uh, I just had memories of that happening with my own little brother. Um, but here's where we're at. Paul keeps on going and explains the quarrels that he's been hearing about. Verse 12, what I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. That's Peter. And still another, I follow Christ. So what is going on here? Like, why is Paul correcting them on who they prefer uh, uh, for, for a teacher. Is there something wrong with having preferences? Being drawn to certain personalities? I, I don't think so. I think all of us sitting here have our own preferences. You have preferences with regards to what food you like, what clothes you like to wear, what car you prefer to drive, what Bible translation you like to read. And we're no different than the Corinthians. We also have preferences of who we like to teach as well. Some of you guys prefer the passion and emotion that Josh brings when he's up here. Some of you guys prefer the silky smooth, comfortable voice of Greg Carter. Some of you guys prefer to, to listen to the ridiculous amount of voices and people we have access to on the internet. It's not a big deal, I don't think. God has created us to be very diverse beings that have our own opinions. We have different preferences. We have the ability to think for ourselves. And all the while, we have the potential to live in unity with one another through Jesus Christ, all while being different. Because you see, diversity does not equal disunity. Unfortunately, that was not the case with this church in Corinth. For them, it didn't stop with, well, I prefer Paul because he teaches this way. I prefer Apollos because he does it this way. Or, oh, I prefer Peter because he was with Jesus, so obviously he's the right one to go, to go with. But these preferences became more. 
and they became something that was divisive between the church. And how did, the, how did they get here? How did the people in Corinth get to a place where their diverse personal preferences cause discord and, and arguments between the very people that are supposed to be doing life with one another and bringing God's good word to the city that they're in? That question led me to ask the same thing for us. Like what causes us today in our church, in our, in our world, in our time to be, to be living in discord, to be living in disunity because we are not above it. I think, I think the problem starts when we, we take our preferences and those become the filters with which we are, begin to see and look at the world with. One of those filters that comes to mind for me are, are the voices that we are allowing into our heads. What voices are we allowing to speak into our lives? We all have voices in our heads. Some of us have more than others. But the voices that we let in and choose to listen to have a tremendous, tremendous amount of influence on the things that we believe, the way we think, and even how we act. And it really depends on which of those voices we allow to be the loudest. I can, I can remember many years ago, I think I was, just got back from our deployment overseas in the Middle East, and I was really, really concerned and very involved in what was going on in our country. I had, a, I had opinions. I, I was very concerned about what was going on in the world and what our country was doing within the world. And so I spent a tremendous amount of time watching cable TV news. I would bounce back and forth from the different major networks, seeing what everybody was saying about a specific topic, trying to formulate my own opinion, but really just kind of just listening to what they were doing. In and of itself, I don't think it was a, a bad thing, except the fact that I was probably spending way too much time watching TV. But the problem began, came around when I allowed all those voices that were speaking into my life, into my, into my mind, to change how I started to look at the world, to change how I started to look at people. I became so angry. I, was, I felt angry and anxious all the time. And I couldn't understand why. And I just kept feeding it, feeding it, feeding it. But thankfully, right in the midst of all this going on, I also was, was going through a period in my life where I was trying to listen to God more. I was inviting him more into my life. I, my wife and I, we had just started going to a new church. We were trying to get plugged into what was going on there. We, we found a life group. We, we attended on Sunday. 
I had a group of guys that would come around me. We do, did accountability groups. And I started to get more healthy voices coming into my life, which helped me cut out all those negative ones that I had been putting in there before. And as I started to cut those things out and put more healthy voices into my life, there was another voice that started to become a lot more prominent as I read the Bible more, as I, as I spent more time in prayer and worship, God's voice started to come out. And it was the most prominent thing that I had in my life at that time. And it was awesome. It's crazy to think back to that time period, thinking at the moment then that it was going to be the, it was the golden age of information. There's no way that we could possibly have more information or opinion than we did a dozen years ago. I couldn't have been more wrong. We have infinite voices at our disposal. At the, the tip of our finger, we can go onto our phone and get anybody's opinion about anything. Anything. The infinite voices that we have, there is just so much noise. There's so many voices to sift through. You know, the time and place may be different. The access to the voices is different, but the problem that Paul was addressing with his church in Corinth is the same. When we begin to follow the messenger, we lose sight of the message. When we allow those voices to affect ourselves and we are just following the people saying those things and we totally lose the message. The message of Jesus Christ. The message that our foundation is built on. And this is what Paul was talking to the Corinthians about. You have to remember what you started out with. You have to remember the foundation that you have been built upon. He goes on in verse 13. He says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, so no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Uh, Yes, I also baptized this household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. It's kind of weird. It's like somebody in the room's like, hey, dude, do you remember you baptized these people too? Oh, yeah, yeah. Put that in there. I don't want to throw them off. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Paul is saying, stop, stop, stop making it about the people that brought you the message. Stop making it about the way those people brought you the message. Because when you do, you're in danger of of emptying the message of its power and giving it over to a man. 
turn down the voices that you're allowing to be in your head. Cut out the ones that need to be cut out so that you can hear the voice of God more clearly and more loudly than ever before. As we go to our time of communion, I have a psalm I want to read to you. But before I do that, if you're new with us today, we do communion each and every week. It's one of the awesome things that we get a chance to do. You don't have to be a a member here or a partner here. We just ask that you have made that decision to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, that you are making that decision to follow him, be changed by him, and to be on mission with him. If that's you, we'd love for you to to take communion with us. If you didn't grab anything on your way in, there's some guys in the back that would love to bring you the elements. But I want to read a psalm that I, I, can, I imagine that maybe, maybe Paul had the back of his mind as he was writing to, to his church in Corinth, appealing them to them for unity within the body. The, that theme of unity is something we're going to see throughout 1 Corinthians and, you, and a theme you see throughout all of Paul's letters. But here is Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Mm. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down, the, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there, where? where God's people live in unity. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. Unity among the followers of Jesus is is such a wonderful, powerful thing. It's not easy. It's not easy. But it is necessary as we choose to follow Jesus Christ. On that night that he was betrayed, the same night that later on he prays for you and I to live in complete unity with one another, he took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us remember his call to be unified in him. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take it together. Father God, I thank you for who you are. Lord, I thank you for the message that you, that you have given us through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you that you do not hold back from us, that you have enriched us in, in every way possible. And like your word says, Lord, that you have set us f- firmly 
through Jesus Christ to the very end. Lord, I pray for us as we leave here today that you will help us to to identify the things that we are allowing to be uh, distracting and loud in our minds and in our hearts that distracts us from, from hearing your voice, from living in unity with one another in this body, in your body. Father, go before us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.